Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Dragoncast. Home of House of the Dragon. Gather your small council, send out your ravens and call in your bannermen. I'm Hand of the King Jamie East, here to guide you through the insane world of Westeros and beyond. Well, 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 if it isn't you again. Hello, everybody. It's Dragoncast. Uh, I'm your host, Jamie East, joined by... Uh, well, you're not the coming crusted feet of Larry Strong anymore. I think you're just Chris Mandel. We're in between, we're in between seasons. <laughs> I am the washed-up carcass of uh, Luke Valerian. <laughs> oh, just a little explainer. Uh, it is home of House of the Dragon and always will be, but obviously there is no House of the Dragon to talk about this week. Um, so we have decided to keep the podcast going uh, in some way, shape or form. I'll tell you a bit more about that in just a second. But first, Chris, how you been? How's your week been? It's been good. Well, it's been a really busy kind of week because... Everyone's been talking about the finale and we've had like, there's just been a lot to talk about uh, even after we did the pod. Um, I did an interview with Emma Darcy to talk about the finale for GQ. That took off as well, didn't it? Both your Paddy and your Emma. Yeah. Yeah, it was all over Reddit and people were like quoting stuff. And then I also reviewed the finale for the Financial Times. Look, as you do. I mean, it's about as you do. About time I was in that paper, isn't it? Really, you know what I know about stocks and stonks and things. It's, I'm surprised um, I haven't been in sooner. SEO is a weird thing, isn't it? Because it's it's turned like every kind of online publication, like now, just writes about whatever is popular. You know, yeah. It's like I thought I'd yeah. just do a quick Google to have a look and see if there was any House of the Dragon news that I'd not picked up on, and. Town and Country magazine were like tweeting about the start date of season two. And it's just like, my God, people are just so thirsty for clicks. It's just like, stay in your lanes. It's like niche is is better. Town and Country. Everybody wants to be involved, don't they? Yeah, Town Um, and Country don't need to be uh, gathering House of Dragons fans, you know, I kind of go. I go to Town and Country for my Town and Country news, not my not my West. We go, we go to Town and Country to find out about the hottest bachelors who have got land. Exactly, like, you know, the sort of gentry. That's what we. That's what we go there for. Precisely. It was interesting doing doing House of the Dragon for the FT because the sort of editor did say, you know, our our readers are watching, but they're not like super fluent in everything. So we need to talk about it broader, and we want to sort of like take the temperature of it on a lot on a sort of zoomed out which was kind of interesting um so we weren't getting into like the nuts and bolts of like what it all means but also just trying to figure out what the show's done and the impact and it was interesting because i think yeah that's all the last week has just been reflecting on house of the dragon and uh and now we begin the long long wait until season two which is going to be excruciating well i mean let's 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 have a bit of um you know i'm gonna do i'm put a bit of a news bed here because this is going to be the news section at the beginning of everything we'll catch up on what house of the dragon news is there okay here's the news Um, well, there's not a lot of news, really. I think the, the main news is that, um, as we predicted, it's almost certainly not going to come back until uh, at least spring 2024. That's mm-hmm. right. That's what I've heard. Uh, also, well, I think Ryan Ryan Condell spoke and said they're aiming to start filming early 2023. And filming, you know, it takes, it's, it's easily four to six months of filming. And then you've got all the dragons to make as well. So I think so much in post production now. Realistically, easily going to be. I, I'm still going. I'm still holding out for April 2024. I think that's that's yeah. I think that that's a sort of reasonable timeline. I think also it's worth thinking. Like the first season was sort of filmed in lockdown, so a lot of it was done in sort of controlled stages. But I just think you know when we think of Game of Thrones, we associate it going to all these different countries. So yeah. actually. It might it might be that 
they are going out and doing location stuff next year, which might take longer. That might be the reason it's sort of going to get uh, be a bit longer than than um, yeah. compared to season one of House of the Dragon, for example. So, yeah, lots to think about and lots to do. Thinking about locations and stuff. If you're you know if you are planning on going on holiday in uh, twenty twenty three, you know Malta. Croatia, all of the old uh, Thrones locations will still be there. You know, if you want a place to look a bit like Dawn, Malta is still going to look like Dawn, you know? Yeah. Pentos, yeah. all of those ones. Uh, where was the... Um, it was Dawn, was it? Where was Croatia? That Was was that Dawn? I seem to remember. That was uh, where Daenerys no, going Dawn in. Was, wasn't Dawn was Valencia? Wasn't it in Spain? I think they did the... May have been, yeah. A lot of it was in the old town of um, Dubrovnik. In yes, um, Dubrovnik Croatia. was early King's Landing. That's and right. Yeah. I've told. I think I've told you this before. Maybe not on the pod, but when I saw you the other week. But um, years ago, when season six of Game of Thrones came out, HBO sent a few journalists on a press trip to go around some of the key locations, and so we went to Belfast. And we did Northern Ireland and we got to see where like Winterfell set is and all that sort yeah. of stuff. And that was really cool. And then there were some parts, I'm just going to try and think if I get this right. There were some parts, um, particularly on the coast, where they filmed some parts from season six where Arya is in Bravos and she's running away from that assassin lady. That's so right. Yeah, that's yeah, Terminator. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the episode ends with Arya kind of getting like stabbed and falling in the water that's right and yeah. you're like oh she died and then the next episode she gets out and she's on a harbor mm-hmm. so i'm just trying to remember the order of this so some of that chase was filmed in uh ireland and one bit was filmed in barcelona so this wow. press trip we went to barcelona for one day from just Dublin. to see where Aria floated for like 20 seconds. Exactly. So we basically went and then we walk along and we do this walking tour and this person goes, that is where we shot the one the one shot where Aria gets out of the water. We came all this way to do that. Wow, you guys really do go everywhere for the perfect location. I went to Dubrovnik uh, just before the final season of Thrones and it was... <clears throat> It is like walking around. You do recognise so much. That's where the shame walk was. There's the yes. tower. There's the tower there also where Daenerys went in um, to look for the baby dragons oh, as well. Yes, the house of the, the what was it called? The house, house of, of the something dying or something. Yes, yeah, house in of the dying. Yeah, yeah, that's calf. That was it. Yeah. yeah. And Karth. there's also a lot, a lot of the bays and harbours in in Dubrovnik as well. You'll recognise from King's Landing and stuff like that. So also, you know. We are going to see Winterfell, so I know. I think that's going to be really cool. They're going to go back. They're going to go back to Belfast again. So, and there's loads of you know Belfast is uh, and the whole of Northern Ireland is fantastic for Thrones tours. If you ever want to go and Mm. meet some of the original direwolves, there's a great tour that we can go and actually sit with the direwolves and stroke them. Um, And there is there's a place in Newcastle uh, where the forest. With the, there's a great road where the trees are all kind of like arched over the road, which is brilliant. Yes, yes I've been there. Yeah, yes, and it was the like, en- entrance to King when they. I think it was early on in the show, maybe season two, when Tyrion yeah, yeah. goes. Or no, no, it was maybe season four when uh, the Dornish when um, the what's that really uh, sexy guy called uh, <laughs> the Red Viper. What's he oh, called? Pedro Pascal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pedro Pascal. How did I Cobra. forget his name? Yeah. Most beautiful man on the planet. <laughs> and and yeah, they go through where those trees kind of arch, don't they? Um, yes, that's right. Stunning, yeah. stunning place. Yeah. And um, the, um, the, you can go and, uh, in fact, uh, friends of mine got married in the spot where uh, the Stark children found the direwolves in the first episode. Wow. That would be a fun job, wouldn't it? Being on oh. location scout. Oh, God. Imagine. Just like um, that is like I mean, a really the, cool job. The thing is, they'd be like, Jamie, you've done three films now, and every single one of them have been in, we'd have ended up filming in like six star hotels. <laughs> Henry Cavill responds to House of Dragons season two casting rumor. I mean, this is just mm. absolute nonsense. There's no way on earth that Henry Cavill 
would be in Thrones universe. He's just left The Witcher. Especially now he's just left The Witcher, which seems to be some sort of clause has kicked in with Superman, hasn't it? Because he was in Black Adam's credit scene. That yeah. seems to have had some knee-jerk thing where he's been booted off The Witcher. But it's also, I mean, it's, this is, it's also one of those articles and rumours that's just been started just by someone going, are you going to be in House of the Dragon? They've yeah. gone, yeah. no. And then the article yeah. is like, Henry Cavill denies House of the Dragon rumours. That you started, Mr. Journalist. Um, so I think, um, I know we can't really get into like casting for season two because we don't know who's in it, but we do know that they are going up to Winterfell Mm-hmm. And we know that the Lord, I think he's called Craig, Craig and Stark. Craig, Craig and Stark. And Stark. A lot of, lot of people speculating who that's going to be already. Yeah. I don't know much about him, uh, but I do think Joe Cole. I was literally just about to say Joe Cole. I was, just I was just literally about to say Joe Cole. See, that's why we're together on this podcast. Yeah. Don't you think he'd be good? Now, I don't know. It's weird because Joe Cole is the spitting image of my friend Josh, who's from Manchester. Okay, Josh will be cheaper, I I bet. Yeah, Josh might be around, actually, to do it if Joe can't. But, like, Joe, I could see being quite a good sort of northern... Mm. uh, But is he... he Where's Joe Joe Cole from? You know what, I've I've interviewed him. I can't tell. I've hosted the Peaky Blinders premiere. I think he's kind of, like, (laughs) generic Englishman. Um, Right, okay. But, you know, he's done Manchester. He's he's done Brummie, you know? Exactly, exactly. For peak exactly. is it's done it's done a kind of generic kind of london accent for gangs of london who else um, who else if we're doing like kind of like familial northern young guy um would anyone else come to mind i think we should just get joe cole the job to be honest yeah just give it to joe cole we are interesting we've got a bonus episode coming out uh, later on this week where I, where I speak to shoppe who is the um who's the lead actor in, in Gangs of London, uh, if, you, if you're watching that now. Great series. I caught up with him last week because he's a massive Dragons and Thrones fan. So that will be coming up next week, but I'll tell you a bit more about that in a bit. Do you know, this is going to sound like mad, right? Someone who I think would be brilliant casting in the same way that we got Dennis Pennis in uh, Game of Thrones. Um, do you remember Reg from The Bill? Of course. Okay, what was his name? Hold on a second. Reg from the Bill. Uh, his name is Jeff Stewart. Yeah. So if you Google Reg from the yeah. Bill now, so if you go yeah. and Google okay. Reg from the Bill now, Reg. and just go straight straight to images. Okay. So look at Reg from the Bill now, in all his resplendent <laughs> hair and beard. He looks like he's been electrocuted. He would look fucking brilliant as a Stark, or as a oh knight, yeah yeah yeah, or yeah. as a knight knight of the watch or, or one of those. He's my left field one. I think I'm gonna. This is where the campaign starts for Reg from the Bill. One more that I kind of wanted to flag is um, just because sometimes it, you know, like basically if you're young and British, you could probably get a part on House of the Dragon. But we know that um, Jace is also going to house aaron who are at the uh you know in the the sky yeah. tower in in the veil yeah um and i sort of thought phoebe dynever from bridgerton would oh, be a great sort of because she looks a bit I, like santa doesn't she as well i've Just never watched sort of never like, watched it i need to watch you it. know you know oh. sally webster oh, from Hollywood, her daughter yeah, yeah. oh okay she'd be a good as a sort of like uh, someone in the the veil as a sort of lady in waiting i think she'd be quite a good main character yeah. so again i like wish that. we knew more about the source material at this point but you know the ca- the casting the casting director will be listening um yeah so in which case i would also like to officially put my name forward this one we should cast we should we, we should do the locations and we should cast it my mate so, josh can get a part he'd be great yeah uh, Reg from the bill. I mean, it, it won't <laughs> quite get the headlines that they were hoping for. Maybe not Matt Smith level. It does make me wonder, though. We've been talking about the next steps. It might. I would be quite keen before season two to read Fire and Blood. Yeah. Who's coming up? You know, we've got loads of time. I'm a slow reader, but we've got loads of time. That's a good idea. Um, that is a good idea. I mean, I was always quite reticent. I wasn't allowed to read the the Thrones books whilst thrones was on no well i was allowed i could have they wanted to like 
sacked me. Mm. They may have sacked me. Um, but it was more suggested that actually, because there was quite a there's quite a lot of heated debate uh, between uh, book book gang and TV gang, and um, it was decided that it would maybe alter my view on the TV show if I knew, yeah. for instance, about what was. Um, we can talk about this. What was late? What was Catelyn Stark's character that she came back as as a uh, zombie? Lady Stoneheart? Lady Stoneheart. Yeah. yeah. You see, yeah. I found out about Lady Stoneheart mainly just because so many people were like desperately asking for her to be part. And you know what? I agreed with that. You know, if for anyone that doesn't know what the fuck we are talking about in the books, um, we all know Catelyn Stark died at the Red Wedding, had her throat cut um by random um uh, soldier maybe it was the drummer from Coldplay we don't know um and and that was the end of her journey as far in in the TV series but in the books um she came back as a not as a white but well yeah as a or as an undead well they don't really sort white? of get into what she is but um yeah. she comes back the- and she can't yeah. talk because she can't talk because of uh, her throat's been cut um yeah. And she comes back as this vengeful, kind of like not Catelyn Stark. She doesn't come back like, oh, I need to find John and give him a cuddle. Or, or, or. She's, she's a pretty brutal character, wasn't she? If, yeah. If, as far yeah. As I she's found in the river three days after she's killed. So her, her right. body is slightly rotted. And she joins the Brotherhood Without Banners, who are the sort of... Um, yeah, the sort of vigilante group that patrol. Yeah. Uh, in, in I love that in Thrones. Yeah, Gendry and Arya are with them at various points, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So she—it's not really made clear in the books to what extent she's able to remember her family or her identity, but she's just set on killing the phrase and anyone involved in the Red Wedding, yeah. and she is known as Lady Stoneheart. And you hear about her particularly in um, the fourth book. You hear about this name from other characters uh, who are in, in the Riverlands and you, you, then the sort of twist is that it is this sort of, it's Catelyn. Um, I think they just thought, firstly, it, it, if she comes back to life, it might ruin the big thing when Jon Snow is brought back to life later. True, yeah, true. And yeah, I think yeah. a lot of what um, Arya did in the final season, which is, you know, this assassin sort of taking out the phrase was probably what happens with Stoneheart. But yeah, yeah it's one of those things. That it's such a great moment in the books, but like the logistical uh, job of getting the actor back for like one well, episode Michelle and their yeah, yeah, fee is exactly. probably quite high. And it's it's just like, you know, it just it doesn't like, work, does it? But there were some... There were some there were some rumors going around, like Henry Cavill style rumors and, and some amazing kind of like Photoshop people created... Mm these pictures you'll be able to find them on google now of michelle farley as lady stoneheart and fucking i look great look really good it, it would have been brilliant like you say it would have affected would have affected all of the other too many other strands i think yeah to have, i think they to... just knew that it might it might temper the, the shock of john coming back to life if anyone can come back to life but then again you know i read that uh, before it happened in the show. So they, the way that the show used is he dead or not as a huge um, plot point over five, between five and six. Yeah. You know, I'm kind of like, come on, you know. And do you remember he was doing all these interviews, Kit Harrington being like, oh, I've cut my hair off. Like, and you're just there like, but you're making it, you're, the expectations are getting set so high because, you, you know, you can't be like, duh, of course he's coming back. He had to basically... Um... So for the whole of the season where we didn't know if he'd come back, it wasn't just like, the thing was, it's not like a soap opera where they get one episode out of the way and they're still filming. He had to film that whole season without being spotted, which is fucking Mm. crazy. So he was going berserk. He was going mad because everyone else was out on the piss in Belfast, all the other cast and crew and everything. And he had to just stay in the house that that they'd rented for him for for nearly a year. And even like, you know, because all the press would be at the airport at Belfast, wouldn't they? This was the thing it'd say, oh, Alfie Allen's been spotted there. Ewan Rion's been there. I think that's one of the things that like, that's why they started getting drones to sort of shoot down cameras and stuff. You know, they had all this technology, didn't they? Because they well, were like- Well, they did, you're... but the, 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 the best bit was at, at Titanic Studios in Belfast in the final season where they burnt down King's Landing. They're like, you know, yeah. the whole thing gets turned to ash. And you, you look, it's just over the road. It's like a, just a car park where just yes. people just <laughs> eating apples and just kind of, 
just like watching, oh, oh fucking hell, they've, they've, they've burnt down King's Landing. It was amazing. We had so many entries to our little competition. Uh, HarperCollins in the UK very kindly uh, sent a load of books, um, which you can see if you're watching this on YouTube behind me, uh, all bagged up and ready to go. They've been clogging up in my studio for the past kind of like eight weeks. Cannot wait to be rid of them. Um, what I did was for, we have a box set, the whole box set of the, of the Game of Thrones books. That's gone to the person who got the first correct answer on YouTube. We have the um, the Songs of Ice and Fire, uh, the Book of Ice and Fire, the one that's written by George and Elio and Linda. That's going to go to the first person that got the correct answer on Twitter. And then we've got four copies of um, of uh, the book. Uh, what's it? Oh, God, I'm going mad. What's the book called? <laughs> oh. Uh, oh, that's called Fire and Blood. And the annual is called The World of Ice and Fire, all available on HarperCollins. So we've got four copies of the novel uh, to come out if you want to spoil it for yourself and find out what happens in uh, in House of the Dragon. Um, so I'll go first. Uh, the box set, uh, give a big round of applause to Christine Bernard, uh, who got the first correct answer on YouTube. Thank you very much. Uh, well done. Thanks for your support, Christine. I'm going to DM you on YouTube. I guess you can do that. I hope so. And get your address and get that over to you. Uh, Chris, do you want to read out who won the annual? Who got that in yeah. Twitter? Yeah, of course. The winner of the annual is Andrew Faramond. Well done, Andrew. Well done, mate. Uh, Expect a DM from the uh, Dragoncast account uh, over the next uh, 24 hours. And uh, uh, Sarah Young on Twitter, you win one of the books. Well done, Sarah. Chris? Uh, Marcus Sweeney, congratulations. You've also won a book. Well done, Marcus. Edward Wilcox uh, over on YouTube. Edward, you've got a book. And finally... Uh, B Malone, congratulations. You've won a B Malone, well. what a great name as well. I love that name. Uh, so well done. You have all won something. Now we're hoping to get um, a few more prizes soon. I know that the uh, the digital release of House of the Dragon has just come out. Chris, did you get sent anything through the post? Um, I got a very, very kind email from somebody at Warner Brothers saying, would you like uh, a copy of the DVD? And I had to explain, I do not own anything with a disc drive in it anymore. So I had to politely decline. You know what? Um, I'm pretty furious, actually. Uh, hello, Warner Brothers. Um, Jamie East here, long-time <laughs> Thrones fan. Some might say co-presenter of Thronecast uh, and Dragoncast, number one uh, House of the Dragon podcast in the country. Not had one email. Uh, I'd love to give a prize away of the of the box set of House of the Dragon season one to, to some of us. Also, um, there was some goodies being shipped out. Did you get any of the goodies? Did you get your... Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, you little fucker. I knew you did. I saw it My on the My Spagliato kit. I mean, I, I don't drink mean? alcohol. Yeah, that's exactly what I mean. Yeah. There are people... <laughs> I've seen people on the grid. I've seen people's grids and stories receiving this. I know for a fact they've never fucking watched it. Never yeah. watched it. It's not enough to just follow the TikTok about Emma Darcy and Olivia Cook. You've got to be in the House of the Dragons business. Really. I know. And look, I know I'm a recovering alcoholic. That's by the by. I would never, mm. I would not allow it in my house anyway. But it would still nice to still be nice to be asked. Yeah. HBO, Warner Brothers, Sky, Premier, whoever. I will say um, it was delicious. I actually, yeah, I actually made some the week before for my boyfriend's birthday because um, we'd never had one before after all that toing and froing watching this oh, really? Negroni Spagliato. Yeah, we, oh, I was, was like, like, we just make one. It's really good, actually. Yeah. I could have a no, I could have a Negroni with no secco. They, they are things that exist. MS Fizz Zero yeah. is amazing. Is that anyway. good? Is that one good? Mm. Anyway, that's the best one. Fizzero from from MS is the best. I was very. I felt like okay. a right influencer though, because if you put on Instagram now, thanks for X, it automatically flags it and is like, is this? Have you been sent a gifted product? You have to declare it and you have to put a hashtag oh. ad on there and everything. So I was just, yeah, I think you were gleefully no, adding it. I felt like um, Mrs. Hinch flogging some dusters. <laughs> Right, we're going to take a quick break now. When we come back, we're going to talk about a few things. We're going to talk about the future of Dragoncast and what that means and what we're going to do moving forward. And then uh, uh, that, I think, will take up quite a lot of time because there's a lot to get through. So we'll be back right after this.
Welcome, welcome back to uh, part two of uh, Dragon Cast, home of House of the Dragon. Um, it's Chris and I uh, for the foreseeable till at least 2024. Um, and now... Chris, it's time for us to shit or get off the pot in terms of what the future holds for for Dragoncast. And we've been kind of like mulling it over and working out what we're going to do and how we're going to kind of get through the next 18 months or so. Um, and there's a few things that we've, 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 we've come up with ideas for, isn't that right? Yeah. A lot of people have genuinely asked uh, that we cover... Game of Thrones, um, in the same way that we covered House of Dragon. Few lunatics suggested that we go back and do an entire rewatch of, of Thrones. I, it still feels too soon for me to do that. Um, mm. I, I, it feels like a lot. And also, I think people get a, bit, a little bit bored. So, but, so here's what we're going to do, I think, Chris, and I hope you agree. I think we could do three episodes from each season. What do you think to that? Yeah. They're, they're, easily like three classic episodes from each season of game of the game of thrones that feels like yeah. a good a good sizable chunk doesn't it that we can yeah. rewatch. we've got all of the episodes that we will do a kind of like recap bit that we'll put in there from um our sister podcast previously on we can just drop that in so that everyone can get up to speed and then we'll go through it as well and i think we will also incorporate you guys so you'll know in advance which one we're going to watch for next week right and you can watch it get in touch with us leave us your thoughts excitingly chris i'm thinking about getting a sim card so that people can leave whatsapp note like voice notes oh my god yeah like a raven hotline yes i love that idea that's great that's great so, so that we can start incorporating people we might even do we could even do like a every now and then maybe maybe for the final one of each season, do it on Twitter spaces so that we can record that, that and have people talking along. We can even do a watch along. So that's where we are with like classic Thrones. So there are going to be 24 uh, episodes where we are watching classic Thrones episodes and discussing that. That's pretty good. I think I'm happy with that. you happy with yeah. how we're tackling that? Yeah, because I think if we do like an episode in season one, for example, we'll be able to talk about the context around it but also focused on the episode. I just feel like every single episode of Game of Thrones doesn't warrant like an hour deep dive. Like it could, that would be cool, but like we are busy, busy men. But also like if you're talking about like, you know, the episode where Ned has his head chopped off, you can in be informed by all the things that come before that in some extent, but it's really also just giving it a bit of a laser focus, isn't it? Yeah, and picking up on the Easter eggs as well. You know, when we watched that episode, you know, we didn't really know what the Cat's Paw Dagger's influence was going to be before then or after then and did not know we'd still be talking about that bloody dagger in 2020 too i know exactly um and then obviously there are there are references to what's happened in dance of the dragons and and house of the dragon littered throughout yeah. thrones as well so it'd be good to kind of pick up on that's on gonna be really that. funny when we're doing a recap and we're like oh just found out through someone out. having a conversation that someone on House of the Dragon dies. That season four of House of the Dragon has just been ruined for us all. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that. that. I think that's how we'll tackle that. And and, and that feels good. And maybe we'll, maybe we'll pull them out of the hat. Maybe we'll do it in... What do you think? Do we do it sequentially? I think it's in order. Yeah. Okay. Fine. But that okay. would require, well, at least on a season by season basis, knowing what each season is going to look like. So we could probably announce, you know, the three episodes of season one, do season one. Why do we not put it to uh, a Twitter vote on the Dragon? Yeah, I think we should. I want to, we want to know what we want to know what the listeners think of the sort of three yeah. quintessential episodes to discuss. I'll put a Twitter poll up with all ten episodes and the one with the most likes. Uh, Love gets. to hear why, particularly because you know I think there's a case to be made that we do the first episode, but then pilot episodes are exposition hell. And is there yeah. actually a lot to list? Is there a lot there? I mean, it's a good episode. I think I've always said pilots are notoriously hard because their job is yeah. not really to entertain at all. And I, I, my recollection of Game of Thrones as pilot, I've seen it maybe three or four times. It's heavy going. It's it's hard to figure out. So there might be that might be that people feel are are kind of. Uh, listeners will sort of say, actually, you really want to do this episode in the middle of the season. Far more interesting. Far more going on. Uh, but yeah, let us know. I've got a few thoughts already, but we'll I, keep yeah, I have as well. For now, it's, I'm, you know, it's been so long as well. It'd be nice going through that and, and picking up on um, 
on episodes yeah. I've just completely forgotten about. I regret now. I said something whilst House of the Dragon was on where I said, oh, such, such, my top three episodes are X, Y, Z. And I already regret that because I had mm. forgot, I'd forgotten Hold the Door, which is just like one of the most sub- yeah. incredible moments. So yeah. Oh God. Yeah, I well, can't, did, I, weren't you also in the episode, in episode nine of House of the Dragon, where they were like, open the door. To let the dragon out, I got such oh. Hodor flashbacks from that. I was like, "Oh my god!" It's like I didn't so, know. Yeah, I didn't notice all this that. imagery of the door, kind of like this. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I think it'd be really interesting. I mean, I, um, I think a lot of season one, what I loved was the stuff that wasn't in the books, and some of that is a lot of the dialogue between Robert Baratheon and Cersei. Neither of them are point of view characters in the books, so a lot of that dialogue is for the show and it's some of the best acting it really really is and i think you know we talk about that show as you know the the wheels falling off the wagon towards the end but we forget just how brilliant and and incisive some of the scenes were and i'm also a very much staunch advocate for season two of game of thrones which is very slow and still quite on the cheap there's not a lot of like big bangs and stuff it's a really great season though and I, i think i'm really yeah i'm looking forward to sort of going through the key parts of each season um, with you and our, our fantastic listeners. There's a US journalist who's a really good writer, really quite funny and witty and interesting, who'd never seen Thrones before, so did, so live, so tweeted his entire watch along. Like, it started, I think, way before Dragons um, came out. Um, and uh, his name's Eric something, Eric Schultz or something like that. Uh I'll have a look for it. I'll tweet it on the drunk. But he has just got to the long night. Um, and oh, has said, wow. and obviously like loved it, but has gone, when does this, when does this get crap then? Because, because everyone was saying this season's rubbish and I'm absolutely loving it so far. And I, mm. yeah, I, I, I have to say, I agree with him. I think I, I still maintain that all of the hatred that was aimed at the final season by the fans was based on the fact that it just, events didn't happen in the way that they imagined that's that's yeah i think i think i think think had i think had cersei and jamie died at the hands of the mountain or of the house or something like that and had had it not been brand the builder or had john not just wandered off to do some whittling um people would have people would have been thought it was absolutely brilliant that's my, yeah, that's my, I think, yeah. I mean, I actually, it's really interesting because I, um, on TikTok, I get, I get pushed towards a lot of accounts that are sharing clips from Game of Thrones. So I've been watching yeah. these out of context, sort of three minute bits from all across the eight seasons. Yeah, The, the newest stuff is actually really good. The, all the reunions, all these characters reuniting is really good. I yeah. think what people really, I, I think the problem, and we can save all this for when we get knee deep into it down the line closing that story was a logistical problem because it was just you had so much to do and everyone had to have some sort of conclusive ending and that is not how books are written and so these characters it's all written like some of them are side characters and suddenly you're like oh we need to give Brienne an arc this season and you know traditionally like "Mm, you probably wouldn't have to do that in the book you know some people just stop being the story and so I think Endings are just so hard and they're very rarely satisfying. Um, And I think we'll look back on it and I think we'll think, yeah, you know, you can tell they're going in in the dark a little bit on this, but I think the overwhelming amount of dissatisfaction ended up being more noxious than any one person involved in it wanted it to be. Like I was quite vocal about stuff I didn't like, but when there's like 10,000 of me, it must if you're like working on the show if you're acting in it you must think oh my god like this is awful but no one wants to anyone to feel bad about it it's just saying no, precisely i just didn't see it ending like this but then as i said how else do you tie it up you've got to get rid of the the, the white walkers so you can go down to the king's landing you've got to get yeah. rid of some of the dragons because they're too shit strong. had to it's, happen yeah exactly shit yeah, has to exactly. Happen. It's, yeah. it's a logistical problem but i'm really looking forward to getting into all that and i think you know in time, I think we'll look back on it a lot more favourably. There are other series that we are going to talk about as well. Um, now, 
a few of you may know, a few, most of you probably won't, is that um, Chris and I did, um, along with Grace Dent, did a, a succession podcast last season um, on over on Previously On. I think we'll probably move that onto here this time. That's coming in, in spring next year at spring. some point. And aside from that, there are a bunch of other shows that are coming. Um, uh, Last of Us, which is just like going to be amazing has links to game of thrones universe as well it's got pedro pascal and oh my god the the um bella ramsey bella ramsey who played the one of the, the best lady characters of bear ever, island yeah lady bear the one who killed the undead giant with the stab in the eye just before it yeah. took her down and then he sort um, of like fell on her didn't he, he sort of crushed yeah her to death. Crushed that, was quite, that was quite an amazing death actually it was quite it was, weirdly unassuming it, for a big crush it was giant. But it, it was fitting fitting for her. and then she came back as a as a very briefly as a uh as a as a white if I remember rightly. Um, So The the Last of Us is coming to HBO and Sky Atlantic very, very soon. That is going to be absolutely incredible. um, And we've got a plan for this, haven't we, Chris? So this was based on a video game. So The Last of Us uh, is brilliant. It's like, it's a zombie kind of, it's a zombie story, really. Um, Not too dissimilar to The Walking Dead. But it, it became iconic because... Uh, the game on the PlayStation is just incredible, just just absolutely fantastic because it's got great acting on there. The storyline is fantastic. The, the gameplay is brilliant. Everything on it is just is just amazing. But Chris, you've never played it. No, so- my gaming is limited to Tetris and sometimes Candy Crush. And so this kind of whole thing has passed me by. So one episode is going to be Chris Mandel playing The Last of Us on PS5 and getting get ingratiating yourself into the gaming world and also the last of us yeah exactly (laughs) yeah exactly you can so i think you're going to come around to come around to east towers and uh and and we'll do that as well so that's coming there's also interview with a vampire which is already airing in the states which i think could be quite interesting um great i'm hearing great good things about that it's got jacob in it who um was of course uh um, worm Grey Worm, The Unsullied, uh, in that as well. Uh, I'm a big fan of those books. Well, I say I'm a big fan. I've read them when I was a teenager, so they were all very exotic back then. Aside from all this, I mean, there's almost too much to do. I want us to go and talk about classic series of things as well, Um, of, of shows that we've either never seen or have not seen for like since they first came out and i've come up with three that i would like to talk about we don't have to do all of them we might just like pick them up pull them out of a hat and go and but do go and do a rewatch have you had a, i asked you to do some homework and have a think yeah about we did, I did well. do some homework yeah yeah you, did? you go okay. start with yours start with okay yours. so i've seen two of them and one of them i've never seen but i hear about it all the time so number one is one that i started watching and then i can't remember why i stopped i think thrones got in the way or something like that is the leftovers which is damon lindelof's yes classic you know it's it's now gone down as an all-time classic uh, one of the best tv series ever made um basically if you've watched avengers infinity war you'll know what the plot is uh it's but it's not done like that there's no thanos five percent of or two percent of the of the world's population just disappear in an instant um but it's in the real world so and and we don't really know what it is we don't know if it's some kind of rapture we don't know we've got no idea what it is but obviously the ramifications of 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 that are enormous and i think over over three series it just explores that and 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 the effect it has on the remaining um population it stars um Justin Theroux and mm-hmm. Nora. Oh my God, she's such a great actress. What's her name? Hold on a second. It's got Christopher Eccleston in it, and uh, who else? Carrie Coon. That's it. Carrie Coon is is it who was who went on to be in Avengers? Uh, in yes, Daniel. yes, that's right. She played. She, oh, she One plays a character called Nora. Uh, women. Yeah, that's right. And uh, it's got. Margaret Qualley in it, Liv Tyler. It's got a great cast, absolutely mm. fantastic cast. So I really want to talk about that. There's one that I haven't seen at all. It's the Americans, but I hear is, people talk. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear people talking about the Americans all the time. And like people whose opinions I respect, 
you know, like other other great kind of like filmmakers and program makers mm-hmm. and actors all kind of say how obsessed they were with it. And again, looking at the cast, like uh, it's got Noah Emmerich in it, who I love Noah Emmerich. It's got Matthew Reese in it, Kerry Russell. And I don't, yeah. I, I barely know what it's about. I'm just going to go onto Wikipedia. Uh, it's like, uh, the, they're, they're like Russian agents, I think. So it's like a fake oh, okay. suburban life. This is really interesting, though. So my boyfriend, Rob, is obsessed with that, the Americans. He thinks it is. I've not seen it. He's a huge fan. And in lockdown, that was his, like, big rewatch. And he's like, it is one of the best TV shows ever made in his eyes. And he's wow. got good taste. So wow. I... Okay. Well, clearly, young man. Yeah. Opportunity to get... I've never watched that. For me, that is, okay. like, a very, cool. very enticing... Um, good. It is one okay. of the greats. Yeah. Right, okay. Sure. So... That's a strong contender. And then my last one that that I've seen before, absolutely adored, devoured every single episode, uh, listened to all the podcasts, is Mad Men. Um, Mm. It's been, it feels like it's just been a a good length of time uh, between it finishing and now. And I remember loving it so much. I feel as though a lot of it, it might feel a bit, ironically, a bit dated or a bit problematic now, but, but, um, but I'd be quite interested. I think the, I think the, Actually, I think the the reverence for it might feel dated. Because yeah, that's it, a good point. Maybe, when it was maybe out, not- like everything about yeah. it was just so sort of fetishized that, like, I think we might look at it with. I mean, I also Mad Men. I think is probably in the the top three of the great American TV shows, yeah. and I I would I we are like really keen to rewatch it anyway. Um, oh, okay, but that is yeah. I think I'd be interested. I mean, I think it would be interesting to just go and watch it with, yeah, with a, with a few with fresh years eyes. past. I mean, I do um, kind of, I kind of blame Mad Men a little bit for my alcoholism. <laughs> well, I was at, in men's magazines during that era and it was just like, people were drinking because, old fashions oh, like they were tap water. Like it was just it was, silly. It just became, I just, I just remember looking at that going, fucking hell, that looks great. I am going to, I'm going to drink, I'm going to go and drink neat whiskey. I'm going to buy a yeah. bottle of J and B and just drink it. Yeah. I did. I think I was, I was on big brother. Oh my God. Anyway, dark days. Dark days. <laughs> uh, what are your three? Yeah. What are well, your it's really interesting. So we have one mm, kind of two crossovers there. So, um, the Americans was on my list as one that I yeah. haven't watched that I really, really think is worth, um, considering, uh, Mad Men. I sort of thought about, but actually, I'm less convinced because it is sort of a show. I mean, there's so many things in terms of Easter eggs, but I think it's good to have a show where there's a slightly larger uh, sort of context around it, like like a sort of yeah. theories. And I think with Mad Men, when you know, it, when it was on, there was quite a lot of like, oh my God, is the intro, is Don going to fall out the window in the final series? When you realise that that's just not the kind of show they made, I think it's harder yeah, yeah. to indulge in some of the fantasy in Mad Men. Um, so my yeah, second one was point. actually yeah. Lost, which I hated oh. the ending. Hated the ending, what? but I think Lost is such a fascinating relic of a TV show. Oh my god! For my me, that was show. like the original, like the the original obsession with television was with that show. And I remember, I think it was Monday nights it was on, or maybe Thursday. A fun fact work. for you. Fun yeah. fact for you that Lost was uh, responsible for the first ever simulcast in the UK. So that's how I big remember, Lost. I remember that. I a guy remember called that. Stu- so- guy called Stu- Stuart Murphy, who is now the head of the National Opera, um, you, was at the time controller of Sky One, um, and we canvassed for it to happen, and he, he did. It was for the, so I think for the final season, or for the maybe for the final three it was episodes. The final episode. It was, was the final I, episode. I, they, yeah. I went to a friend's house at two in the morning. I was in my final year of uni when that happened. And I had an interview the next day at a university to do a master's. Uh, I had to get a train at, se- at eight o'clock to Sheffield. Um, and I'd oh watched God. the finale and I'd like tried to go back to bed. And anyway, I didn't get offered a place at Sheffield University, put it that way. Um, or a place in I remember... Yeah. Yeah, I remember like when I was, so when Lost's first season was out, I was working, uh, I had a, a job at Morrison's and uh, I had to, I finished my shift and I, my dad would have to tape the episode for me. 
Amazing. And then I would, and then I would come home after I think I'd finish at like 11 p.m. Come home and then I'd watch it and then I'd get I'd get have to go straight to bed. <laughs> so I loved. No. I think Lost is fascinating because again I think like there's so much about it that didn't they didn't really know what show it was trying to be by the end. Like I think some of the theories about it were better than what they wrote, which is kind of hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I well, also it think it was, it was what, guilty is, of its own success because they ended up stretching it out and yeah, and, 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 and they, yeah. They, they threw themselves down so many cul-de-sacs it was just and it's a victim of a very different kind of television which was we have to make 24 episodes so every 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 season they'd go oh we're running out of people to do flashbacks on let's do one about the time jack went on holiday and you're like this is fucking dreadful uh and there were there were moments particularly the first half before they decided on the end point um where they were just buying time and i think that is you just don't you don't get that now like we talk about house of the dragon and it's like I would love 24 episodes. Can you imagine oh, how much oh my God. we could get? with? And now... How much meat we'd get from that, yeah. Yeah, and how much backstory. You wouldn't have to do time jumps. You wouldn't have to do this. You know, imagine Lost now, 10 episodes a season. It would be so weird. So I think there's a lot to unpack with that. Yeah, uh, The other, my third one, because my first was technically The Americans. Um, my third one is actually Friday Night Lights. Oh. American football, college football. Uh, I've not seen that. Okay. Michael B. Jordan, one of his early roles after being killed on the wire. Um, okay. It's got your man in it uh, who goes out with Kirsten Dunst. Jesse Plemons. Oh, that was one of his oh first my God. Roles. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this wow. is like, okay. this is cult. This is a great, again, Rob, my uh, better half, obsessed with this show. He loves a, he loves a sports underdog show. And yeah, this is, um, about a college football team and it's, it's like bleak and beautiful and brutal. Um, and I started it and never sort of picked it up. So that again, if we didn't do it, like he and I will be watching it anyway. But again, just Kyle Chandler's in it. Zach Gifford. Oh yeah. Girl, uh, woman who went on to do Nashville, what she called. Amy T. Garden or Connie Uh, Britton. Minka Kelly. yeah. Yeah. Um, they also do a very cool thing, which I think was kind of revolutionary at the time where they sort of rebooted it and they recast it because obviously everyone leaves the college or the school or whatever. Right. So they do like a cast reset about four seasons in, which at the time, like you just, your stars were bigger than the IP. Whereas obviously now, you know, the show and the, the intellectual yeah. property is the thing. Like yeah, no one cares. You know, Captain America's the draw, not Chris Evans. Do you know what I mean? Like they just replace, you know. So that would be kind of interesting. But um, but I think the I, Americans would be really good. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, look, uh, I, I think the common that there are some great ones there. Lost, yes, please. Um, I, I love that show fun. with all my heart. Um, I think let's should we go with the Americans first because because yeah, I really want to watch it. You know, yeah. it's like, I'm just, yeah. I've never, I've not watched it. You've not watched mm. it. Um, let's see what the, let's see what listeners, if they've got any strong thoughts as well. Um, yeah, but let yeah, us know. We're not going to start, we, we won't start this week um, because we've got a hell of a lot to do, which I'll tell you about now. But the, um, the key thing was we wanted to, something we hadn't seen before, right? And there's quite a lot of yeah. things like we're doing Sopranos right now. And that's been like, I'd never seen it before. And I, I think it's just, incredible and then also the wire which we did last year which again is so yeah. the wire mad men sopranos for me are like the the, the trifecta amazing pinnacle oh, okay. of american like cable dramas uh so and i could talk you know i just keep think with something like the sopranos i'm like i wish i was like doing what i do now when that show was out i'd love to be writing about it because it was just oh, yeah fascinating it, show. but it, it was just it was just unknown. I remember it. It was, it was just completely, no one knew what the hell they were watching. It was just. And I know like, yeah, I know we're, we're on the penultimate season. I know the ending. All I know is that it's, con- it's divisive. I can't wait to get to the ending and just sort of. Well, you know, do you, uh, you know what happens in the ending, do you? Have you no, read? I just know that it's, I think it fades oh. to black or something and it's just right. nothing's resolved or something like that. Okay. I'm not going to, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but um, immediately once you've watched it, like just go and sit in a quiet room for an hour and then come back and read. There's a great interview, I think either with Rolling Stone or, or Vanity Fair right. um, with, what's your man, um, David Chase? 
David no, Chase. David Chase yeah. was the wire, yeah. wasn't it? Was it? No, David Chase was yeah. the wire, wasn't he? I thought he did Sopranos as well. Oh, did he? Uh, yeah, it is David Chase. So he did, so he'd done a great interview all about the final scene. So all this stuff that we've talked about is all well and good. And we'll kind of like, we'll wrap up. So next week, we'll talk about what episodes we're going to do from season one and when. Um, but excitingly, tell the listeners, who are we lucky enough to be speaking to next week? We have the one and only Graham McTavish coming on the podcast next week. Hey, that's the best thing about Hobent's releases. The PR machine keeps on, keeps on chugging away. Very excited to have him on the podcast. Uh, Sir Harold Westerling, obviously, uh, quit with dignity in the penultimate episode of House of the Dragon. He left the Kingsguard. I think there's quite a lot to talk to him about because, you know, we've, I want to know more about the character. He, he's not, we've not seen loads of him. Um... And so I'm hoping we can get a bit of inside uh, trading on what's going on, where he thinks he's going to be next season. Uh, yeah. I pres- presume he's coming back. I presume he sails to Dragonstone and supports the Blacks. You'd hope so, know. wouldn't you? He must be. That must be it. That must be the plan, right? If you've got any questions, get in touch. As ever, the ways to get in touch with us are on Twitter at dragoncast underscore pod. Leave us a comment below in the YouTube channel or email dragoncast at daftdoris.com. Now, coming up maybe Thursday, maybe Friday, is a conversation I had last week with Shope Dirisu, who is the lead actor who plays Elliot in uh, the Skylantic's Gangs of London, which is, has just gone absolutely crazy. I went to the premiere of it. It's It's gone. If you're missing a bit of bloodthirsty violence and, um, and allegiances uh, in the world at the moment, in House of Dragons is... Uh, break then gangs of london is for you also shoppe huge dragons huge thrones fan so he was dead keen do you think shoppe could be cast in house of dragon funny you should mention that chris because we do talk about that and we do talk about that yeah so find out more that'll be that'll be a bonus episode for you later on this week until then uh chris dracaris my friend dracaris if you'd like to get involved in the podcast, just head over to Twitter at DragonCast underscore pod or email DragonCast at DaftDoris.com and leave us your Easter eggs, predictions and thoughts on the show. You can also watch this episode over on our YouTube channel. Just search for DragonCast Jamie East. Any support, whether it's a follow, a share, a mention to your friend on the bus or a tattoo on your backside is very much appreciated. DragonCast is hosted by me, Jamie East, along with Chris Mandel and is a Daft Doris production. Drakkar.